We are three best friends living on three corners of the country. Wifing, momming, boss babing, and honestly, just trying to keep our shit together. Anyway, I'm Allie. I'm Alicia. I'm Elisa, and this is A3 Life. Our fun, funny, and informative lifestyle podcast, where we will be speaking on how to be fearless, authentic, and relentless in all areas of life. Enjoy the show. Today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about our individual stories, our individual life, a little bit how we got involved, a little bit about motherhood, kind of who we are, where we come from, how we got involved in this industry that has ultimately brought us all together, brought this friendship together, and then ultimately brought A3 Life to life, if you will. Uh, Who's up? Who wants to go first? Not it. Because please, <laughs> Ali says not it. All right, let's let's do Alicia first. Let's oh, go. Gosh. Let's go Alicia wise wow. first. Well, I mean, somebody's got to go first, so why, oh, why not you? Said the older lady first. Is that what? This yeah, is? old ladies first. Oldest goes first. Oh, respect your elders. <laughs> um. So Alicia, let's talk about you know. I think I kind of get the rap for being a teen mom, but let's be honest, you were younger than me. So I just want you to kind of talk a little bit about that. And I think, you know, people see that you have older kids, but I don't think they really kind of do the math, if you will. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about kind of um, becoming a mother, because that is a huge part of where we are and what we're doing here. So just kind of share, share with us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so um, I was a very, very young teen mom. Um, I was actually pregnant when I was 13 years old, Um, had my first son when I was 14. And I mean, what what can you say? You know, like nobody's prepared at that time. You know, I didn't know very much about children, mothering or anything, Um, you know, but I really think that everything happens for a reason. In fact, I know that everything happens for a reason. And I really believe... um, You know, like, I don't know where everybody is as far as their faith and stuff goes, but I really believe that that was something that saved me from myself. And I say that only because, you know, like I'm from a very large family and, um, you know, like my siblings, I've watched really struggle with stuff. There's, you know, been a lot of drugs and jail and let's just say things, you know, not, not, uh, you know, not the Brady Bunch type, um, but you know, like I had this baby, I had this baby early that I loved so much. And I really think that that saved me from myself, if you will. I know that sounds crazy because how do you think, you know, a 14 year old, um, having a baby could be any, you know, really anything positive, but it kept me caring about somebody else and trying as hard as a 14 year old brain would allow to make good choices, you know, good choices for this other little human So instead of doing what, you know, my siblings were doing or maybe making a lot of the choices they were, I was making choices for this little baby. Um, And love that. And obviously I can relate. Yeah. You know, and it's hard. Um, You know, my, my parents divorced um, when I was young, younger. I mean, I had, I was still, well, how old was I? It was after I had my son, but they kind of went their different ways, which left um, me to care for my son by myself. And that made a very difficult situation because I was very young, you know? So uh, um, I lived in California at the time. And, um, you know, in the state of California, you can only work if you're in school. You have to have a work permit. You have to be 16 
you have to have a work permit signed by the school. Well, I wasn't 16 and I wasn't in school, so there was no work. And even to get financial assistance, you have to be 18 years old. So, I mean, you can only imagine the different ways you're trying to process how to take care of yourself and the baby with no financial you know, assistance. It, it was tough. Life was tough then. But I really do think it, it made me who I am today. And I would never change a single thing ever. I love that. That's, that shows, um, you've heard Allie and I would talk a lot about the love that Alicia is just explodes love all the time. So I think that that probably contributes to that as well. Cause she's, she's pretty darn amazing. So let's fast forward a little bit. And I think, um, something that if anyone knows anything about your life or they've seen it, you obviously have Caucasian children and then you have biracial children. So let's kind of talk a little bit about that and how the world views that. And um, just kind of a day, you know, how your kids even view that. How is that different for them having both Caucasian children and biracial children? What does that look like? Yeah. So I was, you know, I ended up getting married and was married for 14 years and had, um, you know, my first four children, um, before I met my husband now, um, and we have two children together. So I have six total. Listen, I wanted to have 10 kids, <laughs> 10. I really didn't want 10. People are like, what in the actual hell? I'm like, I don't know. I just love lots of kids like everywhere. I'm crazy. My house is crazy. It just works. But, you know, so, I mean, it was a little different, um, obviously, because my kids were not just white and I, I was not, you know, knowing what to expect. You know, I, um, my dad was in the military. We traveled a lot. And the reason why I say that is because I grew up not paying attention to the difference in skin color or just different things like that. Like I just didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Like a person was just a person. I grew up around everybody, every nationality. I spent a large amount of my time in San Diego. And I mean, San Diego, everyone is in San Diego. Every, you know, uh, there's so much culture there. And I love that. I love culture. So I was not used to any type of racism really like that at all, because you just, you know what I mean? When you grow up around everybody, you just don't really pay attention to it. So, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, so being, you know, marrying a black man was different because it was the first time I really got to experience, um, you know, like some people's old fashioned views on things still. Um, and, you know, I mean, I moved to Idaho, <laughs> like Idaho, um, you know, like where we moved is predominantly white, you know, and then I had two children and I'm like an ultra sensitive, protective mama bear. So I pay attention to everything and I'll be the first to snap on anybody who even looks wrong at my kids. So, um, so I mean, I, I do notice but it's, it's, you know, not a big deal. Um, we haven't had a lot of issues in Idaho. My husband, on the other hand, has <laughs> a little bit, you know, but he's so calm and mellow. Everything just brushes off of him. He figures, you know, if people um, judge anybody um, on color, it's, it's usually because of ignorance. They don't know, they don't know different. Um, and so he says, you know, you can react and prove them right, you know, or you can love and show them kindness and prove them wrong. And, you know, like that's something, you know, we teach our kids, but, you know, it's so funny though, because people will come over. My daughter, Jaden was just saying this yesterday. She was like, you know, it's so funny. Cause when I have friends come over, they'll ask me, they're like, are you adopted 
or are they adopted <laughs> or is somebody adopted? <laughs> and so Jaden just says, what are you talking about? I'm half black. <laughs> and she's not, she's my, my white daughter, <laughs> but she, she loves the look on their face. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, you know, I don't really think it's, I think now, you know, nowadays it's, you know, seeing blended families and then seeing, um, you know, mixed nationalities, races and all that. I don't think it's too, it's not too unfamiliar. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I don't think so. Um, I am, we'll get into me and my story. I grew up in the South, so um, it is a little bit different for me. I'm going to be quite honest. I mean, I've obviously been around, I think when I graduated high school, I think that we had like three um, black people in my senior class. So mm-hmm. it, it was different for me. And I think what Ty said is it's not that people don't approve of it. I think some people just aren't used to, you know what I mean? It's just not something we're used to seeing even Asians. I'm not used to seeing Asians. I'm not used to seeing Muslims. I'm not used to seeing honestly, really any other cultures and basic white people, quite honestly. And that doesn't mean necessarily that I have a problem with it. It's just, again, not educated or maybe kind of ignorant to it you know, just due to our surroundings, you know? He grew up in Ohio and he told me, you know, like he moved um, to Spokane, Washington after I think he was around 10. And he's like, I had never seen real white people. (laughs) I'm like, what? He goes, no, I never seen them in real life. And he's like, you see a white person in real life and you're like, oh my gosh, they look so weird. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I think it's both sides of it, you know, because even though Elisa and I are from still, you know, 1200 miles apart in a different part of the country, me being in Indiana, uh, are the areas of Florida and Indiana that we're in are very similar as far as size and um, culture, I would venture to say. And because I'm rural Indiana, um, you know, an hour and a half away from any big, big city. And so um, I'm, I was the same way. I, there wasn't any in my graduating class at all. And like Elisa said, there was no like Asian um, Muslims. There may be some some Hispanic in my school, Mm -hmm. but very, very few of even that. And so it, it, I can remember, I guess I've always been just a little bit more open-minded than what I was raised as. Um, I kind of have always been that like, think for yourself, free spirited, more like rebellious. Well, if this is what you say, then I'm going to think this way, or at least explore this other concept over here. And I can remember driving in the car one day with my dad and he made some comment about these people we had just seen in the parking lot of the mall that were a biracial couple and I can remember being like ew like that is disgusting you know why would you say that dad you know you know it's they love each other why does it matter and so and that wasn't that long ago you know maybe 10 years ago and so even where we live I can imagine that it the comments that you make, like whenever you're in the situation yourself, you're like, what, we just love each other. Why does it matter? And then very quickly, like the rest of the world starts to, to share their thoughts with you. And you're like, oh, you know, I didn't know that people felt this way or still felt this way or acted this way. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. crazy. It's just insane to me that how different, different parts of this country still are even now, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, I know, like, um, say, for instance, um, you know, where we live in Idaho, I mean, and it doesn't help, like, in Hayden, which was, is, like, 10 minutes from Coeur d'Alene, 
um, that's where um, the main location office was for the KKK headquarters. So it was a very racy racial area. And so like I know um, that's not there any longer, but I mean, you know, I mean, there's still plenty of people that um, are involved there. And so that is something that's still very real, but um, you just don't hear and see it as much. They're not parading down the streets the way they were years ago. But, you know, I mean, Ty, you know, he's went to work and he's been refused into houses before um, because they didn't want a black man coming in and working in their home. So, I mean, it's that kind of stuff. And for me, I'm like, what? Like, I'm ready to like rip somebody's head off. Like, oh, hell no. I'm like, I'm like, tell me where they live. <laughs> no, I'm like, but I'm like, I'm going to give them a piece of my life. But not him. He's just like, that doesn't do anything. That just, you know what I mean? That just makes them, um, you know, he's like the majority of the time people just don't understand. They're, you know, a lot of times older people that have had the same mentality for so long and they've probably never, you know, if they have met, you know, a black man, maybe it hasn't been such a great experience. And he's like, so if I just flip out, I'm basically just going to like stamp their approval on that experience. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And he's like, versus, you know, so he handles it way different than me. I will lose my shit on somebody, but right. like, um, you know, so I mean, it is, it is very, you know, real, but, um, I haven't had many issues at all with my children. In fact, I don't really think I've had any like, um, negative experience with that. Good. So, yeah. Cause that's when I would be like, mm, mm. yeah, <laughs> I would be bad to get it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because, you know, like um, the area where we are in, I know Carson, you know, she's my um, youngest daughter. She's nine now, you know, she started, she's finally started to notice things. It's so funny because, you know, uh, Carson's nine, Ty Ty seven and his hair is a little lighter. He's got kind of like a golden blonde hair and hazel eyes that are really blue. Now they're more like green. Oh, beautiful. And, but she's the same skin color, but she has dark hair. And they always say this and Ty and I crack up so bad. They're like, um, Carson's brown like dad, Ty Ty's white like mom. And I'm like, <laughs> we're like, no, you guys for one are the same color. Like they can't, I don't know. They just see Carson's like dark hair and they assume she looks just, which I mean, they, to me, they look like, um, like Hawaiian or something. Their skin yeah. is just are so pretty. So they're not totally dark brown and they're not pale like me. But, yeah. It's funny because Ty is pretty dark skinned and, and the kids are, are really quite light skinned for a mixed, mixed kids. You know, they're, yeah. they're just, like you said, Hawaiian looking. But it's funny how they see themselves because Carson swears she's the same color as her dad. <laughs> she just <laughs> thinks she is. It's just so funny. But you know, I mean, she has started noticing some things and um, it's something that um, her and I kind of talk with and kind of work through together. I mean, for one, those kids have good hair. My kids have good hair. If you have mixed kids, it, you're like flipping a coin. You don't know what's going to happen with their hair. You know, like, <laughs> is their hair going to be curly? Is it going to be straight? Is it going to be, you know, like a little bit frizzier and, and what kind of texture? But they got good curly hair, but she notices it and she's like... I want to have straight hair like the other kids. Mm. And I'm like, no, Carson, your hair is beautiful. It's so beautiful. You want your 
curly hair. So that's awesome. Okay. So what we've covered so far that Alicia has going on is that she was super young teen mom. She was married for 14 years and divorced. She has white kids. She has mixed kids. She's currently married to a black man. So we've covered a lot of your personal life. You had parents in the military. You moved a lot. You lived in California. Now you live here. Um, So we've covered a lot for you and what you got going on. But what we haven't touched on is business. And so what most people that may not know Alicia, if you're just like tuning in and you don't know anything about us, she is a top earner in the company that we're in. She's a super successful six-figure business that the company itself has only been around for five years. So she's, she has been able to achieve that within less than five years. And so she is a mom, wife, boss, babe. She's got a lot of stuff going on. And so tell us a little bit, I know that this company is not your first, but you only sort of dabbled, I believe, in the other one and kind of got a feel for what professional network marketing is. And um, so tell us about how you found network marketing in general and then segue into the, this company oh. in particular. So, you know, like as we talked about before, um, I was a broke joke. Let's be honest. <laughs> I was broke. But listen, I was super poor, but my family was really happy. Like if you ever met us before, we weren't like sad, like, oh, we're sad. We don't have any money. We were really happy. Um, I got my, you know, I mean, I was on um, state assistance at this time, helping get money with food. I sat in the food bank lines, you know, things were a little tough, but um, so it's crazy how I actually got into network marketing. So, you know, we have like our local shop and swaps and I was in them all the time. My kids would outgrow clothes and I would sell them on the shop and swaps. And then I would take that money and buy their next sizes. Um, And so I seen this girl and she was posting this ad for a dog groomer. She wanted to trade somebody to groom their dog and she would give them fake eyelashes, like the extensions. And I was like, dude, I I want those extensions, but like, I could never afford that. I didn't have money for that kind of stuff, but I knew how to groom a dog because, you know, in my house, like we show dogs a lot. That's what we love. We're like animal people. But anyways, um, so I hooked up with her and started grooming her dogs for eyelash extensions. <laughs> well, I remember like being in her chair and like, you know, my eyes are closed. She's putting these extensions on and one of her friends came in and I could hear them talking in the other room. I can't remember if like something was drying on my eyes or I don't know. I could hear them talking about like losing weight and making some money. Like I said, I was broke and I was large and in charge. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> I was close to the 200 pound mark. I had had six kids. My last two, I had them later in life. I was in my thirties when I got pregnant with my second to last. And then bam, bam, like I had them one after another and I could not get the weight off. I just couldn't. I was always able to get it off. Not this time. It was stuck on like glue all on my button thighs too. And so like, anyways, when I was laying there, I just, I literally said a lot of like, wait, what are you guys taking? That's making you lose weight and you can make money. And literally, you know, so I joined that company. I had to use a tax return. I'm pretty sure because I was broke, but you guys that are broke know that when you get your taxes, it's like the only month that in your whole life that you have money, you like feel like you're living large for like a month with your tax money. Well, um, so anyways, I never lost any weight at all with that company. I did love lots of their, um, supplements and vitamins and I'll never dog any company like that, but I didn't lose um, any weight. 
But what I did is I started really looking at the business. Um, even within that company, I went to their events. I made some really good friends and I realized how much I loved like those friendships and just culture. And um, I started watching a lot of YouTube and Facebook videos and realized that there is a whole industry out there that people don't even know about. It's like, it's this whole other hidden world. If you're not in network marketing, you don't even realize all this stuff exists. So, um, I basically jumped in and started gaining as much knowledge as I possibly could. And, um, I mean, I built myself a, a pretty decent organization in that first company without actually losing any weight or anything. Um, I just didn't have a ton of passion behind it because you know what I mean? Like I, I really wanted to lose the weight. So when I joined the company that we're in now, it was literally just to try the products to lose the weight and see what would happen. And I lost weight really super fast and I was super excited. So I just ran with it. And you know, the thing that I love about our industry about network marketing is again, there's no prejudice to it. It doesn't matter if you're young, old, black, white, if you graduated from high school, if you're a 14 year old teen mom, if you're, it doesn't matter. It's this level playing field that if you basically put your, you know, nose to the ground and just freaking work your ass off, work your face off, you can make money. If you have something to bring to the marketplace, you can make money. And that's what I did. I just worked just, you know, let's use your word. I worked relentlessly <laughs> like every single day um, because, you know, I knew I'm like, this is my chance. You know, this is my only chance. I never made it through high school. I had never worked a day in my whole entire life. I had never had a job. And I mean, I was strung through this, you know, curse of generational poverty that just never freaking ended. So when I seen other people, just ordinary people like me that were able to pull themselves out of this generational curse hole and were able to make something better, I knew that like this was my shot, that if it really truly did just depend on me and my efforts, that I could kill this because I knew how much I loved my family and how much I wanted something different. So I literally just worked my face off. Well, the one thing that I love that you say in there that I feel like anybody that may be listening that is in our company or in the profession in general is missing is that you talk about getting in there, diving all the way in, figuring stuff out yourself, attending events, going to things, trying to make connections, meet people because I don't see that happening a whole lot anymore. And I just don't understand it because like when you, like you said, when you started, you wanted to go to those events. You wanted the, to put the swag on, you wanted the bag, the shirt, the, you wanted to buy the t-shirt if you will. You know what I mean? Like you wanted to get involved in things. And I would venture to say that all of us did that. And that's a huge part of our success because we made the connections. We built the relationships. We put ourselves next to people that were where we wanted to be yeah. and built the relationship and watched them and learned and grow, grew and listened. You know, we had our ears open and our mouths shut to learn. Well, and that's the thing is I think and hunger and hustle beats anything. Like, I don't care how smart you are, how educated you are. If you're hungry and willing to hustle, that's going to outweigh anyone with 
I mean, consistency, consistency wins every single time you can do something great for a minute, but you know what I mean? Like if you don't have this really sturdy, heavy foundation carrying you, you can't just do something for five minutes and then not do it and then do it and then not do it. And the thing is, is people that say, you know, yeah, I want this and and I'm going to do this. Do they really? Because when I signed up, I'll tell you the person that I signed up with um, that was supposed to, you know, you would hope mentor you and drag you, you know, like kind of drag you along and help you didn't. So I had to figure this shit out myself. I knew no network marketers. I, in fact, I knew nobody that was successful. And I mean, nobody, I had no friends that were successful, <laughs> no family that I knew. I knew nobody that was successful like that in network marketing that I could follow. But you know what? I watched enough videos. I seen enough stories. I followed, I really studied. And when I knew without a doubt that people had success and they were just ordinary people, I didn't give a shit. I'm like, I don't care who believes in me. I don't care who thinks this is stupid. I don't care what anybody has to say. I don't care what hurdles I have to jump. I don't care what mountain I have to climb. I'm literally not going to stop until my life looks different because like I knew it was like now my only chance, like this is it. This is it. Well, I think what's important, I'm going to stop you right here. What's super important is you went out there, you read, you researched, you got involved. There is so much free education today. There is no freaking excuse. No freaking excuse. If you want to be good at something, go to YouTube, go to Google, go follow people. The answer to everything exists out there. It's just putting in the effort to go make it happen. So when someone tells me that that's, that's absolutely not an excuse. And you know, I don't want it bad enough. That's what it is. Right. And I'm scared people get in training itis, as I call it. And I talk about this a lot. People think they have to know everything to get started. Just like use that hustle and enthusiasm and hunger and get freaking started. So I think you have an amazing story. Do that where, where I will watch a bunch of training, listen to a bunch of podcasts. I did the exact same thing, Alicia. I went straight to YouTube because Facebook Live, when we started, even just four years ago, was not really a thing. They had that Periscope. People were doing stuff on there. So I watched the Periscopes, and I watched YouTube videos, and I just copied every single thing I did. And if that didn't feel authentic or or right for us and our business, I changed it up, and I'd try something else. And I just, I tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed until we've created some of the stuff that we do now. And we just failed enough, you know, that's it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I can't even explain to you how many things I tried and I literally fell on my face, but that's the thing. If you fail, you don't stop. You just fail forward. You keep going. You have to keep failing forward, keep failing forward, keep failing forward, because that's the thing. If you don't try something, you're not going to know you know, if you're going to succeed at it, you're not going to know it. I mean, it might be that very thing you need. And listen, sometimes you just try things and it's good and it's beneficial and it works for just a period of time. And that's okay. There's a lot of things that I did that were really great, but then it kind of sizzled off. So it was just something that I used like as a stepping stone almost. And then there's, you know, some things that we've implemented in business that have stayed and that have been, you know, like beneficial and, and helpful then. And it still is now, but you know, One of the things that really, really set my business off, I'm going to tell you, and it was early on, I had this um, meeting with this lady 
and it was up in Spokane. So like secretly in my mind, I thought I was going to like talk to her about the business and be recruiting her to the business. And actually she had every intention on recruiting me into her business. I just didn't know that. We each didn't know that. It was really funny. But this um, little coffee meeting with this lady really changed everything for me. And it's something I hold on to now. And every time I feel sorry for myself or maybe something's not going the right way, I basically tell myself to shut the hell up. And I replay this meeting in my head because this lady, you know, was a million dollar earner in our town out here. I didn't know this when I set this meeting with her. So this was all kind of like on the sly. I didn't realize I was getting, you know, I was getting, um, proposition. <laughs> but so like, you know, I met with her and we were just talking and everything. She had been in her company for over 20 years, has made a million dollars, you know, um, in this town. And the thing is, is when I started talking with her, she said, you know, the crazy part is 20 years ago, we didn't have everything we did now. She went to a meeting she heard an opportunity. She kind of did a similar thing. What I did, she kind of, you know, looked at it a little bit and was like, oh my God, this is my chance. She had three kids. She said, this isn't an option on if this is going to work. She said, this has to work. I have no money to put my kids in daycare. I have no money to go do this to work. And what am I supposed to do with them? She said, it's not an option. It has to work. The thing is, and the reason this changed me so much is because we have all these platforms. We have Facebook and Snapchat and YouTube and Pinterest and all these ways that we can do business right from our phones, right from our computers, right from our home. I mean, for all you guys know, I'm wearing no pants right now. Like nobody even would know. Maybe I'm naked. Like, but <laughs> she said, you know, back then they didn't have that. They didn't have cell phones like we have. They didn't have any social media platforms like that. She had to cold call people for one. She would cold call people. They would, she would pack up her kids and go door to door. Like it was so hard back then. And she was still able to create a million dollar business. Like when I sit there and like I said, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's not going as I had hoped today. I'm like, really shut the actual hell up because this lady packed up her three kids. I don't want to cold call people. I mean, I will if I have to, but I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have so many resources to build really strong, great businesses. And it's so much more convenient with the technology that we have here that I feel like there's just no excuse. Like Elisa said, you can get free training, like just get off your butt. You have to get off your butt. You have to make your effort and do your part for your life and your business. You know, you have to research some stuff. You have to put the time and energy into it, but then you will reap the benefits of it. So. Right. I think that's awesome. Well, it was great to learn a little bit about you, your kids, how you got involved in the business. Um, you know, I, I think you, we tend to really kind of be shy or whatever, but you've been super successful. You have a great story. It's financially changed your life and it's, you know, like it did all of our lives. It's significantly changed every single one of our lives. So we're grateful. And most importantly, we're grateful it brought us all together. So thank you for sharing your part of, um, a little bit of your life and I'm sure we'll go into more details at some point as well. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for joining us this week on A3 Life. Make sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram at A, the number three life, Inc. And check out our online shop at A, the number three life dot biz.